All right, joining us now is DFW's favorite son, Dean Blandino, here on the Diamond Factory Hotline. Uh, Sean Sharif, Bobby Belt on 105.3 The Fan. Welcome back, man. Thanks for having me. I'm always, I just, I, I keep questioning why you keep bringing me back, but, you know, it's all good. I don't know. It's like I told Orlovsky. He can't stand Dan Orlovsky. I was like, I think Orlovsky's, yeah. I think he's a nice guy. I know you're a good dude. So that, to <laughs> me, has to outweigh. I also happen to agree with the ruling at the time. The rules were the yeah, rules. So it is what it is. It yeah, is what it is. Do you yeah. still hear from Cowboy fans? Oh, yeah, all the time. My my least favorite, it's actually, it's one, actually one of my favorite days is uh, January 15th every year <laughs> because, and we're coming up. Pretty soon, we're, we're, I think I'm going to do a big party, the 10th anniversary. We're, we're, we're two years away, and we're going to do the 10th anniversary. How is that possible? Ten Je- years? Ten years. We're going to do January 15, 2025, the 10-year anniversary. I think we do it in, in, in the Metroplex, and we have a big bash and... You know, but make, see now you deserve now you deserve what you get. You're you're inciting. <laughs> you're poking. Now you just having you're having fun with it. Yeah, well you know, it's they, a lot of people have a lot of fun with me on social media. So every once in a while, I like to poke back. What are your game day responsibilities for Sunday? So for Sunday, I'll be I'll be with the pregame crew and be able to talk anything officiating. And then if there's something significant in the first half, I can come on at halftime. And uh, so I'll be kind of field level, and my colleague Mike Pereira, he'll be in the booth with Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson, and I'll be available to talk about anything at halftime that comes up. So Goodell blew up the other day when he said that officiating has never been better. Your response to that, do you agree? You know, I don't know if it's ever been better or worse. I do know the scrutiny continues to increase. How we look at these games, the technology continues to improve. And officials, right, they're still out there running around looking at it from their perspective. So, again, I think it, I expect him to say something like that, right? He's in charge of the, of, the, of the NFL. But, again, I don't know if it's any better or worse. I do think we're in a transition where we're seeing more intervention from replay. You know, outside of coaches' challenges, they're correcting a lot of, a lot of little things that maybe weren't, weren't uh, something that replay was supposed to correct. And, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But I, I would expect Roger to say that. There, there but you can't a- come across, like, delusional, especially off yeah. the playoffs where people are infuriated by some of the calls. Or is he right, like, of thousands and thousands of calls, you know, if you highlight a couple ones that go wrong. Well, always, and that's always been the case. There, there's thousands and thousands of calls, thousands of decisions that are made. And the officials are usually, you know, most of the time they're right. And we're always going to talk about a handful of plays. So from that perspective, yeah, he's right. But there's... Again, year to year, you could pull up any year, and you're going to see officiating controversy. It just happens. Dean Blandino, join us here at 105 Through the Fan. Um, there was a the, the Louisville basketball coach said that referees should do post game press conferences. First of all, will that ever happen? And second of all, why is that a bad idea? Because it is. Know, it's, it's probably a bad idea. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's. I doubt it'll ever happen. They do do right. The NFL has a pool report. Sure. And that's just the the, the head referee. And you don't get a ton out of that. They're typically kind of standard responses. I think a, a, a referee press conference, it's probably not a great idea. I do think transparency is important. I think you have to come out and be able to say when you mess something up. Uh, but putting the referee up there and just peppering them with questions over and over, I think that's going to do more to kind of just incite the fans versus 
explaining anything and, and making people feel better about what, what happened, especially if you have a game like the AFC Championship game, which, which had a bunch of stuff in it that people wanted to talk about. What do you think is the most inconsistently called ruling in, in the league today? What do, you, what do you think is like, hey, that's one where they really got to clean that up and that's got to be more consistent from crew to crew? Well, I think they've kind of tried to figure out. Rough in the past, or if you look at the numbers, um, it's been like a roller coaster. Last year, they set a record, 153 rough in the passers. This year, it dropped 60 calls. And, and, that's, and they didn't change the rule or tweak anything. And so when you have that type of up and down, that, that, that lends itself to inconsistency. So I think that's something the league will look at. You can get into offensive holding, pass interference. Those are so subjective, and they're, they're, they're judgment calls. And you just want your officials to be on the same page. Um, in those areas would they ever mic up or video like replay the review I don't I I don't know if they will I think that would be a positive I think overall I think there'd be some some shaky moments but I think it'd be a positive because if people can see and hear like think about like we talk about the the Des play if people could have watched and listened to our conversation I think they'd understand it better um, and so anything like that, any type of transparency like that, I think is a good thing. I don't know the league. You have so much, uh, I, for lack of a better term, baggage where there's so much riding on this game, on these games where you, you just worry if somebody's going to say something a little, a little off and people are going to, oh, my God, what the heck just happened? I think, you know, first of all, all these topics have made you a rock star. So I think all this <laughs> stuff is good for you and Pereira. You guys are rolling around here. And, you yeah, know, I know. And it's, it, I mean, a lot of people want to talk to us when the officiating isn't, isn't going so well. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that could solve all this is just, like, if replay never came out of the bottle. Right? Oh, I know. Do I you know. think that if you go back and do it all over again with the controversy and the second guessing and all the debate that we just shouldn't rely on, like, replay as much? Yeah, I think, I think we're just – it's never going to go back. Right. And, but I think if you if – you, Because I feel bad. I'm one that always takes up for the refs. Yeah. Because – we're sitting there. It takes our third or fourth replay, and we're like, oh, out of bounds. Well, that's the disconnect. Lord, it's The disconnect is how we watch the games, four or five different angles, super slow motion, high-speed cameras. But the officials are looking at once, full speed, and we're evaluating them on a, in a standard that's not its not achievable. Perfection, they can't be perfect. Yeah. And 50 years ago, like you said, they made the call. Everybody moved on, but the world changed. Technology changes. Social media, everybody has access to it. And, uh, and I don't think we're going to see less replay. I think we're going to see more replay as yeah. we move forward. And I don't know what the game's going to look like 10 I, years I, from now. I, I think in basketball, like an extra ref might actually help because the game's so fast. Would it matter in football or is there enough already? Yeah, I don't know if, if an extra referee. We, we, we looked at that. We kind of tested where would you put the referee, the, the extra referee. Um, I, I don't know if that extra set of eyes makes any any better or worse i do think that because then you get in the way you know you have you know all these we moved the umpire out of the defensive backfield because they were getting run into on these crossing routes so i think again i think the league the approach the league has taken is more replay and using the technology but i think they have to continue to look at it's a balance because nobody wants to watch a game at least i don't where every third or fourth play we're checking upstairs to see if the call was correct does this entire conversation the split second calls just prove that a referee 365 program wouldn't really help that much when people are like 
What do you think about that I don't idea? Think it move, I don't think full-time, I don't think it moves the needle very, very much. I really don't. I think these officials are as full-time as you can get. They spend a lot of time honing their craft, looking at video. And I, if you made them all full-time, sure. Anytime you could spend more things, you know, working on your, your area, that's going to be a good thing. But I don't know if that... We're never going to have officiating controversy if they're all full-time. You're still going to have, because the game's so fast. The technology in tennis, why, why can't yeah. we get that for the football touching the goal line? What's interesting about that technology, in, in that it's not 100% accurate. It's, oh. And that's the thing. We just accept it. Right, it's just accepted. It's, it's just it. accepted. It's a, it's a computer-generated image, and it's not, it's, it could be as, as much as a, a couple of centimeters off or whatever, but we accept it. Now, had we had we done that to start, I think we would have been in good shape. But I don't think we can go back. All right, last one. Is this your passion? You like talking about rules all day. Like, what did you want to be when you grew up? When did you say what I want? I yeah. want to be all over the rule book. I didn't, Dean that, was not, that was not it. No, <laughs> I want. I wanted to be a professional baseball player, but that didn't pan out. <laughs> So now I get to talk about the rules, but I get to meet good people. Our, we didn't start off on the right foot, no. but I think we're in a good place And stop now. poking at people with a 10-year anniversary. No. Ten, okay, we're not doing the 10-year Don't do the 10-year. We're not doing it. Dean Blandino, the A number one air hot seat on the home of the Cowboys, 105.3 The Fan. Thank you, man. You got it, guys. And that's why I stopped feeling bad for him because he's sitting there planning a 10-year. First off, how is it 10 years? But I know. A 10-year Des anniversary party. I'm like, you know what? You you deserve it from the Cowboy fans on Twitter. You deserve it from the Tolos, as you just want to poke. I forgot. Like like I'm I'm regretting it now. I, I should have asked him if the Des ruling was part of the script and how involved was he <laughs> oh, in yeah. how involved was he in writing these scripts. All right, so there he is, the bad guy in Dallas Fort Worth, Dean Blandino, who's never refereed a game actually. No. Wasn't he a stand-up comic? He, he, just, he was, yeah, he was, he was doing, like, comedy clubs and stuff. He just ascended to this position, and now he's, like, a star, and he's never even refed. I would hate his guts if I was a, an actual referee. Oh, I would despise him. Because he's telling secrets? He's good-looking. No, not telling secrets. He's, like, he's famous, and yeah. he's, like, a star, and he never never officiated. Man, he's he's hard to dislike personally, though. Like, he is, he, he is very charming and, yeah. and funny and... So I like him. Tough. I like him. He's just like Orlovsky. Let's get to the Super Bowl Very degenerate, R.J. Choppy. And the odds on the well, – not the odds, but the money bet on this is like – an, an, another another record being set? Yeah, I mean they, they're 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 setting records every single time they do this, but they're they're, they're expecting like ten billion uh, wagered on this thing just uh, already. Uh, more than that, uh, to be honest with you, because all these states now have legalized gambling, except of course, I don't know Texas. <laughs> so yesterday, um, I was talking to some people with the station, and we were supposed to have like Kenny Maine, Trey Wingo. Joe Montana are all associated with Caesars. Well, Caesars, like, ended up canceling them. Why? Because we don't have gambling. We don't so gamble. why have Kenny Maine on a Dallas station mm-hmm. or Trey Wingo or any of these guys when it's not going to yeah. uh, their customers? Now let me give you the official RJ Choppy Degenerate Music. 50 million people are expected to bet on this game. Wow. 16 billion wager. You hear that? What's your name? Uh, Dan Patrick? <laughs> Greg? Get the gambling, baby. Get it in here. This is We're missing out. 
They, I can't tell you how many people. Greg's too worried uh, trying to figure out how to become the Cowboys kicker. I know, right? Oh, I can't gosh. tell you how many. That was an all-time great, great tweet line. of him. I mean, uh, that was that was legendary. Tremendous. Tremendous. Great, great job by the the twenty year old aide or intern that sent that tweet. Yeah, right. Um, I can't tell you how many gambling sites have come up to me because they know I ever back you, Alshon. Man, uh, well, and, and, RJ and, left me on read the other day read. after he was doing like a thirty minute interview. Yeah, and cameras and everything. I had to go home by myself. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry about that, but people were saying, like, they are waiting. Like Texas is the the dog that everybody wants. All these gambling sites, Caesars, BetMGM, PointsBet, all the Bet Rivers, they all want Texas because it is the like it's the biggest damn state that doesn't have it. Do you think, just like you said, referees must hate Blandino, like never ref? Do you think similarly, like other like these betters hate that Chop is the BetQL guy in a state that he can't gamble? <laughs> oh, great analogy. Let me tell you great something. Great parallel. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Like, um, there, there's been gambling in Texas before there's gambling in Texas. Just got to know the right people. Just got to know the right people. Okay, here we go. Let's make some money. Um, 50 million people will be betting on this game. Right now, Philadelphia has a 6% pro money advantage. Uh, on BetQL, 65% of the money and 59% of the tickets are on Philadelphia. That's just from BetQL. Other places have it differently. Uh, so, I've got, right now, uh, give me... Philadelphia, minus the one and a half. It's a two-unit bet. What does that mean? So if you're if, if a one-unit bet for you is 100 bucks, you bet 200 uh, I also have two prop bets for you. Now, Bobby was willing. How much can you bet up to? Uh, well, I can't bet on anything. I can do fantasy football pools up to like 50 bucks. Okay, never mind. All right. Uh, two prop bets for you, both involving the same player. Kenneth Gainwell. Huh. Kenneth Gainwell. Kenneth Gainwell leads the Eagles in rushing yards for the postseason. His over-under rush yards for this game is 19 and a half. We're taking the over. Okay. Okay. He's rushed for over 140 yards of the playoffs. We're also taking Kenneth Gainwell. This is a value bet. Most rush yards in the game total. That's 15 to 1. Ooh. Good value. It's very good value. He may not have it, but it's just tremendous value there. This is a ten dollar bet. You win, uh, you would win one hundred fifty bucks on a ten dollar bet. So, Gainwell most rush yards in the game at fifteen to one. Gainwell over nineteen and a half rush yards. He's the Eagles' leader for the year, and then take Philadelphia minus the one and a half. And there's your degenerate. All right, there it is. Are you, so you're doing prop bets. You doing just those two? Anthem. Are you doing you know the no anthem Gatorade shower color commercials? No, I no. thought about doing the Gatorade shower. There is some bets like uh, I do like this one. Uh, this is a fun one. Uh, so Travis Kelsey receiving yards versus Jason Kelsey total snaps. Oh, and Travis Kelsey receiving yards is favored by six and a half. So he has to have. Seven more receiving yards than total snaps from Kelsey. Kelsey goes between 60 and 78 for the game. Uh, Jason, in terms of snaps. Uh, meanwhile, Travis Kelsey could have over 100 easy. All right, so we're sitting here. We're walking around Radio Row, and we see we, – I just I sense this presence. I sense this evil. Howard Eskin, the Burger King, oh, yeah. the Philly troll himself, joins us on the home of the Cowboys – Next. All right, we're sitting here, Super Bowl, Radio Row, 
and there was just like this nasty feeling that came over me. There was a there was a stench in the air. There was this there was this counterfeit ring glare that was catching my eye. There was these weird Oakley sunglasses inside. Inside, it was Howard Eskin from Filthy Eagle Sideline Reporter in the flesh on the home of the Cowboys. What's up, buddy? How are you? Well, first of all, I'll get to the easy part. The sunglasses are prescription. Okay. So that's why I, uh, I wear them, and sometimes I just don't take them off. And the ring is something that the Cowboys haven't seen. They dust <laughs> off their trophies for, uh, because of years and years of neglect. And, you know, the people in Philadelphia rejoiced when that owner that you guys have said that, or he told Mike McCarthy that he wants him there as long as Tom Landry. There was a parade in Philadelphia to keep him there as long as possible <laughs> because then the Eagles never have to worry about the Cowboys. <laughs> it's like how we feel about Snyder. We want Snyder to stay in charge. So how does it feel? You're walking around here, and you, you guys are the conference champs. You got your little stupid polo on. and you, It was you, cold outside. You're, re- you're, you're representing. I mean, you got the logo. <laughs> I mean, you, you feeling on top? You feeling on top this week? And the favorite. Yeah. Everyone in Vegas, the line's not moving. It's all on Philly. It moved down a little. It went up to two and a half, and it came down to like one and a half. But I think the Eagles are the better team. I think Kansas City is better in three areas. The head coach, who I think is the best in the NFL, he's better than Belichick. Uh, their their quarterback will win the, the MVP uh, or has won the MVP. I don't bother with them. Uh, and the tight end is better. So the quarterback, the tight end, and the head coach. And that's it. And the Eagles are better in all other areas. Better offensive line, better defensive line. Uh, the quarterback's not better, but we've already addressed that. As long as they don't turn the ball over, I, I think the Eagles win the game because they're the better team. Typically, if you have the better coach and quarterback, you, you're going to win that game a lot. Typically. Uh, well, the, you could say that didn't happen the last time the Eagles were in the Super Bowl because the right. other team had Tom Brady, who was better than Nick Foles, and the other team had Belichick, who was better than Doug Peterson. How, how do you tolerate – you're on the sideline next to Sirianni. He's such a douche. Yeah, All these – Look, at he's smiling because he knows you, he's off. You know no. you know if he was on another team, you'd be coming you'd on here. You'd be him. blasting him. You'd come up with nicknames. Why is he so, like – why is he just so – He's – you know what he is? Stupid faces. He's a coach that doesn't exist anymore that shows emotion. And I loved yeah. it when coaches wow. showed emotion. Wow. There was guys on the sidelines. As long as they – get back into what they have to do after they're excited about whether he's yelling at an official, whether he's excited about a touchdown. I'm telling you, I see him get back into his mode. He is a very good coach. Now, you guys in Dallas don't know anything about that because oh, you, had, you had Jason Garrett and then you had McCarthy. <laughs> so you haven't – I mean, did, did what you, was it, 20 years ago you had a good coach? Did you see what – Who? Did you I don't even know who it was. Parcells. Did you uh, see what Jerry said about the Eagles going all in, how he got destroyed? That was stupid. That was stupid. He overpaid uh, Zeke Elliott. He overpaid his quarterback, which I know you got to do it because the quarterback will never, <laughs> will never win, will never, never win a Super Bowl. I said, by the way, Bobby, Dallas, don't walk off the set. It's by, not Orlovsky here. Uh, no, 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 no. Howard, Howard believes his stuff. Uh, Orlovsky's a liar. That's well, well when I say never, 
capitalize it and for Dallas people because they can't get above five because they only have five fingers. N-E-V-E-R. That's it. Like Caleb Williams, spell it out on the nails. Howard Eskin sitting down with us here on the Home of the Cowboys. All right, so how far away is Dallas from this moment for for us to be able to be hosting Radio Row as the conference champs getting ready for the big game? How far away are we? You know what? I've thought about that. They're two to three years away from being two to three years away from being two to three years away. (laughs) (laughs) So three more coaches. Okay, I got it. it. Back-to-back talking to him and Jaworski. It's awful. But I will say, the San Francisco fans, I was rooting. The Cowboys suck. Don't you understand How do they suck? Back-to-back 12-win years. And what did it get them? Back to about 12 years? You know, it's about winning championships. Hey, Hey, Minnesota won 13 games, and they were the worst 13-win team I've ever seen. Here's my biggest question for you. Uh, You know, you you think Dak's terrible, and that's fine. I think he's he's good good enough to just be good enough, but not good enough to win a championship. So does it concern you that the good enough quarterback threw for like 380 on the Eagles secondary a month ago, and now they have to go against Patrick Mahomes? Isn't that the kryptonite? No, it Eagles doesn't. secondary back end. No, it doesn't. You guys had to rely on these doesn't fluky. doesn't concern me at all. Why? It's catch-up you're, you're, you're not worried about it's fluky James yards. Bradbury? He, his yardage is a lot of catch-up yardage. That's what it is. Catch-up yardage. Do you not have any guilt? Any, the, the, do you well, have, you know do you what? He missed five games, right? Do you, do you mean catch-up like catch-up on third and 30 and okay. convert it? Well, <laughs> that that was a bad play by the Yeah, Eagles. it was. Okay. Bad secondary. Okay. That happens. He missed five games, right? Uh-huh. So how did he lead the league in interceptions? Yeah, that look. We don't talk about all these things. We don't, oh, we don't bring out all these things. Do you have any guilt that the National Football League and Chris McCaffrey brought up a great point the other day? Bailed you guys out because they didn't allow Sanford to have an extra quarterback. That you're going, you're going to the game on that. You feel you feel good about that? That San Francisco didn't have anyone what, left what, to throw. What, really? What do you mean didn't allow him? I mean, they should, there should be an emergency quarterback. The rules messed up. It's it's fixed. They they made the roster 46, which used to be the emergency quarterback, and now that player is a player that teams use. That's the rules. You can put a quarterback at that 46 spot on the roster if you want to, and maybe they should have. But who figures you're going to lose two quarterbacks? So I'm not a Kyle Shanahan game day. uh, I don't think his game day coaching is – I think he's a good coach. I like that, like uh, we are saying, like we are going with yeah, this. Yeah, his game day uh, abilities, I mean, he screwed up Matt, uh, Matt Ryan's only chance at a Super Bowl. Uh, they're down on the 21-yard line, and he started, got a pass. You kick a field goal, you're up 11, eight minutes left, you win the game. Uh, it, it's just, I just don't like his game day coaching. So, And the stuff he tried to do when he lost the quarter, I get it, you don't have a quarterback. The stuff he tried to do was a joke. How many of you rodents are, like, coming out here in, in the stands? Uh, how many are infiltrating the city? Cockroach? You mean Eagles fans? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, no. no. They've already the, retired here. Okay, the Cowboys fans, as I've labeled them in Philadelphia, are, and I've added a syllable, cockroaches. And here's the way I define it. When it's gloomy and not sun out, they dig in. When it looks bad, dig into the mud and grime, which are Cowboys fans when they're not good. When they think they're good, they come out of the muck and grime, and here come the cockroaches. <laughs> What'd you do to our set? You, you have that much hatred for the home of America's team? You got to destroy our set. I got hit by one of you guys, but I didn't. I, you know, I manned up, and I just I cleaned it up myself. Hey, it, was, <laughs> it was too clean. He wanted to make it feel like the streets of Philly. He was trying to feel the home. How I'm fun? not going to defend the streets of Philly. <laughs> all right, all right, we got to yeah. we got to ask you something. <laughs> this 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 dude here went to your fair city. Yep. And he went. He oh, went, this, yeah, he's the one to ask. Yeah. He wanted to find a cheesesteak. 
Now, where would you send somebody, an out-of-towner, if you wanted to get a cheesesteak? Okay. I like Geno's, which is right across, kind of across the street from Pat's. See, and then there's, uh, there's a place, which I've never had one, but everybody tells me it's great, D'Alessandro's, which is not in that, uh, that area kind of downtown. The reason the cheesesteaks there are good, and I know there's a, a Philly cheesesteaks out in Santa Monica. It can't be a Philly cheesesteak. The bread is the difference. It's not the mm-hmm. meat. Mm-hmm. The bread, because the water and humidity make the bread. I, I mean, I've researched all this. Good. I really have. It's not the, the meat. It's the bread. And the bread is so good. But you got to get the, you can't get what I call supermarket bread. you got to get the good stuff. And there's a place called, which is off the charts for pizza. And he does great cheesesteaks and hoagies. Angelo's. Angelo's. I knew yeah. you were going to say yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Angelo. But he's a member of what's called a, of, of a family by the name of Sarcone. He's he's part of the Sarcone's family, which that bread is off the charts. They had the bakery. Angelo, yeah. Tell him your place, Bobby. Uh, it was not my place. It was where I was recommended to go. And I and should have people, said Angelo's in the midst of all that. And people push back. Have you, are you familiar with Ishka Bibbles? No, he's not. No, where is this? <laughs> I don't know. God, Bobby. This is the palate of a four-year-old. No, I, I didn't like it. It wasn't good. I, I get better cheesesteaks yeah. in Las Colinas back home. Yeah. Like, honestly. It, How it, do you get a good, good. cheesesteak in Dallas? Oh, I don't I don't know. I, I thought I was going to get a good one in Philly, and that was, that was not well, you good. you went to the Kyle, wrong. Kyle you know Pitts led me astray. Kyle Pitts, who's a Philly native, said, I saw him giving an interview, he yeah, said that a, was the one to yeah, go was to. There who's their annoying coffee. play-by-play guy? How would how would their play-by-play guy? Whoa, would you go? Oh, Bubbles. What's that clown's that's name? Not even a, that's, not even a, that's not even a cheesesteak. Why are you the only one who does a real voice? The, yeah. the Cataldi, fake. Uh, the play-by-play <laughs> guy, fake. You're the only one that says they're not real. Play-by-play guy's done it very well for a long time. That's just the way I, believe it or not, I used to do spotting for him for University of Penn football in my early days. Really? So he was the same guy then. He's the same guy now. Same voice. Hey, wave to Micah Parsons. Uh, he, he was just waving to us, Howard. Oh, you know what? Did he play the second half of the season? I'm not sure. Howie asked. I do like your it's shoes. A, I it's a say great that. point. Nice. What do you mean a good point? It's a great point. And you are you're a, you're a master golfer. You were giving choppy tips. You you had game. Well, I did have game. I, I don't play enough, but if you play and I get back into this into the routine, you know, it's just all right. Hey, listen, it's a way to kick athletes' ass. Do you we should to play golf with, sometime. Do you like to play with a group of people, or do you rather play with yourself? <laughs> hey man, you thought he was—you da- so, da- thought he was too old. You well, thought no, he was too old for that. No, no, I'm not too old for anything. However, <laughs> it would take a Dallas person to come up with playing with himself. <laughs> Get out of here, Howard Eskin on the sidelines. You're going to see him on you Super. You guys, every one of you are dopes. <laughs> <laughs> Cut it off, DJ. Get him out of here. Howard asking in the A number one air hot seat. We had to let him gloat because the last time we were on Radio Row, Bobby, you were oh, not yeah. here. He had to literally kiss RJ's ass. Oh, I've seen the video. I was, uh, you remember, Sean? I, I go back, go way back as a Tolo. So yeah, I absolutely, I remember that. It back was, to it was the Newey Scruggs was your uh, radio idol, but Howard dropped his coffee all over our table. He messed up. Tea. He messed up the whole setup. He spilled the tea. But but. Seriously, and I felt a little bit bad. Howard was embarrassed when I started making fun of his ring. Like, I wanted to take a picture, 
of his Super Bowl ring he's walking around with. I'm like, what a joke. He's walking around with this thing. And he took it off and put it in his pocket quick. I tried to. When he so fist, that got to it. When him. he fist bumped us with it, I was like, oh, yeah, you got to fist bump out with the ring. And he goes, he goes like, ah, he like pulled his hand. Yeah. He's like, I just, you know, when it's this weird. He, he, he did get a little embarrassed about it. So if y'all want to troll Eskin, if he starts talking smack, if the Eagles somehow win this thing or for future Cowboy matchups, just bring up that ring because he wanted it out of sight when we were screwing with him. One of our favorite guests ever, Mark Slareth, Stink. We got to talk about Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, and I want to talk about the Hall of Fame class. And me and Mark Slareth against RJ and Bobby over John Elway next on The Fan. Oh. Seven straight seasons. He racked up 10 or more sacks. He was the face of the Dallas Cowboy defense, DeMarcus Ware, and a great human being. That was Jerry Jones making the announcement last night at the NFL Awards show that DeMarcus Ware is going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, it's a defensive class, really. Darrell Revis, you have Rondé Barber, Chuck Howley, uh, Ken Riley, Zach Thomas, and, of course, D. Ware representing the Cowboys. Uh, and, man, as I was going to the bathroom right here, Radio Row in Phoenix, Darren Woodson was walking in, and I just... I didn't know how to respond. Mm. I felt bad. Woody's over there uh, sitting by the uh, the sleep number set, and it's kind of like, Jesus. We've got the TV uh. crews over here with the Philly radio station. We're going to have to go over there at 9 <laughs> after Mark Slareth. En- enough. It's just getting louder as, getting the, louder as the week and the day yeah. goes on. It's, it's, I mean, the chant, whatever. It's overplayed, oversang, <laughs> overchanted, overcheered, overchanted, over, over everything. I'm just out. I'm over it. I'm over it. So D-Ware is going in. Pat Mahomes wins the MVP. Nick Bosa, Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Dayball wins Coach of the Year. We also have Michael Irvin suing the hotel where this incident supposedly took place for a hundred million dollars. Hundred milli. Uh, now he is not. Suing the hotel man, he's going after Marriott. This is a Marriott property. So he's not like Ooh. going after the girl. No, well, she's a part of the lawsuit, but ah, okay. You know, the, the real money is that's where you, you go after. You go after Fortune Five Hundred yeah. companies. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah where exactly. the real money is exactly. That's where that's where where Pam and Tommy messed up, man. <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> you know the the, the Marriott uh, is actually uh, such a popular. It's referred to in Indy by all the NFL personnel people. The Marriott out there, it's referred to as the Jerryot. Is it? Yeah. Mm, the Jerryot. Because all the teams are over there. But in general, the bus is parked around there. And so gotcha. people, that's why it gets the name. Have you gotten any other feel, Choppy, uh, talking to people out here on with, with, with more details on this incident? Um, I mean, I don't really know what I can say, but yes, I have. Um. So, from what I know is... I mean, don't say anything that's going to get you in trouble. Yeah, let's just leave it at that. I don't (laughs) don't really know what I can and can't say, to be honest with you. But I I do think it'll wind up being okay for Mike. Okay. From what I know. From what I've been told, at least from his side, it'll be okay. 877-881-1053 to hit us up on the truckwreck.com text line. Here on Sean, RJ, and Bobby. It's DFW Sports Station, 105.3 The Fan. So, yeah, Darren Woodson 
left out of the Hall of Fame again. Cowboy Tolos are not happy while trying to balance that with the celebration of DeMarcus Ware. Yeah, celebration of DeMarcus Ware and also uh, Chuck Howley, uh, which is good news for Chuck Howley to get. Once you're in on the the senior nominations, that's usually a a good thumbs up for you to be able to get in there. But Chuck Howley, a guy that uh, a lot of older Cowboys fans still are, uh, you know, remember him as one of the, the early stars of the Doomsday defense, only player in NFL history to win the MVP in the Super Bowl while losing the game, which is what he did in Super Bowl V. Um, but good to get Chuck Howley in. Good to yeah. get – I'm glad we're starting to knock off some of these, like, you know, getting Cliff Harris and Drew finally got in and Chuck Howley. The 70s Cowboys are finally starting yeah. to catch up to the, uh, the you Steelers know, the Steelers. Because the there was a lot of – for a long time there was a thought that there were some Steelers bias. So good that Howley got in there. Great that they, you know, fixed what they messed up last year with DeMarcus where you knew that was just going to be a one-year – dumb little like well wait your turn kind of punishment thing um well there's but, about half a dozen guys that steal team that don't deserve to be in including number 12 terry bradshaw and that uh, overrated wide receiver he had that made one play in his whole career let's let's let's, let's talk about a number seven that did oh, belong in the hall of fame this is going uh, <laughs> oh god i think mark schlereth just picked the eagles to oh, there it, it's a given all right, we're canceling this. <laughs> I think, uh, think Schlereth just picked the Eagles as he's sitting down here on the home of the Cowboys with us. Did you just pick the Eagles to win it? Yeah. I, oh, wait, 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 DJ, let's get his volume. Okay. Okay. See, that's what happens when you See? pick Philly. Yeah. They cut your mic off just like that. All right, let's. Oh, there we go. There we go. Look at that. Look at what a tech. What a technician. I mean, just all over it. Uh, yeah, I picked uh, Philly one hundred, Kansas City nothing. I'm a. Listen, man. Yes, I started in Washington, and and I'm a Bronco, our Redskin. But I finished in Denver as a Bronco, and uh, I hate the Chiefs with the white hot intensity of a thousand suns. Okay, so I, okay. I could never ever. And I like Andy Reid. And it's hard not to like Mahomes. I like Mahomes, but um, I want them to lose every game. So there you go. So, but you don't have the same hatred for Philadelphia, which was like an hour away from you when you played in Washington. No, no. Like so, when I was playing, and the NFC East back then was just an absolute, you know, cluster. Yeah. Everybody hated Dallas because they're Dallas, right? And I mean, nobody liked Dallas, right? I mean, I would, my memories of going in Dallas, you'd sit in, in Texas Stadium, you know, you're on the bench, and it's come up to the second concourse, TCBY yogurt, the official yogurt of your Dallas Cowboys. And it was just this never-ending stream of ads. And I'd be like, for the love of God, I'm trying to f- focus on a game. Um, you know, and uh, you got, you, you're pushing food at me all the time, and I was 300 pounds. Like, I'm like, you, I'm starving here. All right. So, anyhow, so, but Philly, in, in those times, Washington, when I was with Washington, we, we just could, we struggled playing the Giants. We just couldn't beat the Giants. But we handled Philly. And then Philly always seemed to beat the Giants. And <laughs> early in my career, in the late 80s and early 90s, Dallas hadn't, become Dallas yet right I mean they were still struggling and so um my my hatred for Philly wasn't that strong because we just went in there and opened a can of whoop ass on them all the time do you remember uh the 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 game that I know a lot of people when they go you talk to people back from those 90s era teams that they say the coming out party for that team was going to RFK the at the halftime Hail Mary uh, I think you guys were undefeated yeah, we were 11-0. And, and Dallas came in and won, and that was the first kind with of Berline, signal. With Berline came off the bench. It was Steve Berline, right, that came yeah, off the 91 bench? Yeah, 91 was Berline. Yeah, that, they came off the bench because we knocked Aikman out. Yeah. And, um, and 
yeah, Berline came back and won that. And then um, and then the next year, that, that that's interesting because the next year um, in 92 is I think the Cowboys went like maybe 7-9 and nine or something like that. No, next, no, 92, nine, they went 13 nine, and 3. Oh, yeah, that was third, the 92. Super Bowl. Okay. So that was 91. Yeah, 90 was the year before. We right, okay. 91 was their coming out was, party. Yes, and and so I knew they were, like, in 91, they 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 beat us in that game, but you knew they were going to be, like, you knew they were, they were trending. And I'll never forget, I mean, this is one of my great memories of the Cowboys. Uh, I think it was 94 when Norv became the head coach. So Norv Turner left Dallas and became the head coach of Washington. Yeah. And I was a... I was a deep snapper or a short snapper, not a deep snapper, so backup short snapper in case anybody there. So I had to go out a little bit early, and Dallas was out warming up. And I was just kind of taking inventory. And this is probably 93 or 90, 94 maybe. 94. And I'm taking inventory, and it was – I mean, your guys' offense was like I, – I, I don't know if it was Alvin Harper. Or it might have been Harper, but it was Michael Irvin and, and Harper, I think. It was Jay Novacek at tight end. It went Mark Tuane, Nate Newton – Stepnowski, I think it was before Larry Allen, so I think it was. No, it was. I I think it was Gogan, Mm -hmm. and then Eric Mm -hmm. Williams, and then Moose Johnson, and Emmett Smith, and Troy Aikman. I'm watching your (laughs) offense just warm up, and I'm like, it just dawns on me as I'm watching it. I'm like, we don't have one guy on our offense who could start on this. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and I was like, I was like, we are going to get our ass kicked. (laughs) And they like they just beat the snot out of us. We weren't very good, but I was like, "Son of a gun, we're going to get our ass kicked today." All right, look. Speaking of fights, I need you uh, uh, because last week this is Mark Schlereth right here, Washington and Denver. Great Orlovsky, Dan Orlovsky put out his top five all-time quarterback list. Uh-huh. He left Montana off. He put Elway at three. Okay, these two morons and Brian brought us a former NFL scout have been screaming at how overrated John Elway was and is, and I am an Elway. I'm obsessed with Elway. He's obsessed with arm strength. I'm obsessed with decision-making. Well, he, he they, 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 they totally change their arguments. Day. They discount <laughs> the weapons before Rod Smith and Shannon, right? Uh, no one, none of them could name a receiver that he played with. Right. Uh, he was the prototypical athlete. What do you think about the John Elway's overrated thought? I think that the John Elway overrated thought, having played with him, um, he he'd make up for a multitude of sins, but when things when things broke down, the dude was just balls. He was just all balls. And when you walked into the huddle, man, there was just a confidence about the way he played. And I think you have to really understand that he brought three teams to a, a championship game that roster wise, construction wise, they couldn't they couldn't run the ball. Like their idea of a power run game was to run the draw in a time where you had to run yeah. the ball. Um, like you said, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say bereft of, of weapons, but not nobody was nobody was a kind of a Hall of Fame caliber weapon with those teams. And that dude that dude could extend plays and just make things happen and you wanna talk about a hose, man. I mean you wanna talk about throwing it on a line forty yards across his like body. So he was he was a phenomenal, phenomenal player and a great leader. And one of the things I love, people always ask you what it was like playing with him. And, and I was like, you know, the only time he'd ever get on us, in the, you could give him a hit, you could give a sack up. only time he ever got on us was when the play got in late and we were like, hey, we've got to hustle the line of scrimmage. He just didn't say boo. And, um, t- I mean, one of the toughest dudes I've ever Is played with. Is he one on your list? 
Um, listen, man, I, I can't argue with the success Brady's had. I can't argue with the you know with uh, with Joe Montana. Like Joe Montana is one of the few guys that ever got off the bench to watch. You know, I mean, I'm fat and I'm out of shape, and <laughs> and I'm sitting on the bench. You know, trying thinking to, about yogurt. Yes, yeah, su- sucking <laughs> eggs on the bench. And <laughs> Barry Sanders, I got up off the bench to watch play offense. Joe oh. Montana. And the thing about Joe Montana is the efficiency. It, it just, he made it look easy in an era where it wasn't easy. And, you know, you'd be like, how did they kick our ass today? We, mm-hmm. we lost by 14. And you'd look at him at the end of the day, and it'd be, he'd be 23 of 27, 278 yards and three touchdowns. And it was just the, the efficiency with which he played, the accuracy with which he, uh, he put the ball on the target. So you amazing. would disagree with me when I say that, John Elway is just a, a better armed Ryan Tannehill. Yes, I would. Disagree. I, I, would I, I would disagree with that. All right, we but think, you like it, you respect it. You, uh, <laughs> you, you've been dominating radio in Denver, the fan in Denver, and we think that Sean Payton has made a tremendous mistake, a humongous mistake, because this Russell Wilson thing is not going to be salvageable. I missed on Russ. I thought y'all would be in the AFC title game with this uh-huh. roster and everything. And and Seattle right now looks to just be proven right that the fall-off has happened and it's not going to change. How are you feeling about this new marriage? Yeah, I, I'm I'm very excited for Sean Payton. I think, I think the thing you have to understand is get in line or we're going to move on. And it's not going to move on from Sean Payton. They're going to move on from Russell. Mm-hmm. So the, the biggest the biggest issue is when you go back and you study what they did in Seattle, they created an opportunity for Russell to have success, basically saying this is what you're going to do. The whole Russ, let Russ cook narrative, like Pete Carroll squashed that because Russ can't cook. You're, you're not Drew Brees. You can't operate that way. But Russ is still an effective quarterback given the things that he can do. And one thing that I've been a, I've been – Friends with Sean for a long time. I actually consulted for the Saints in, in their running game. One thing Sean does exceptionally well is he will forego attacking somebody's weakness if it opens up one of his own weaknesses. So the first rule of game planning is mitigate our weakness before we attack theirs. And so he does a great job of saying, what is your skill set? We're going to put you in a position to do that mm. now russ came in and he came in with his entourage he had his own quarterback coach that was allowed in the facility blah 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 blah, blah. and and honestly nathaniel hackett um like i think nathaniel hackett was emasculated before he was ever given the head coaching position so i think russ got to run the show the way russ wanted to run the show and you know um he peter principled right he rose the level <laughs> yeah. of his own incompetence and that ain't that ain't gonna happen under Sean. So I have some hope. Now, now I think you probably overrated the roster. Me personally, I don't think their offensive roster is all that it's cracked up to be. And I do think there's some guys who are gonna have to switch positions um, to be effective. I think that that Jerry Judy's a much better X when he's kind of X individual guy and he's the number one target in the route. Uh, maybe move Cortland as a big receiver into slot, even though he doesn't have that quickness, use his body, kind of like what Larry Fitzgerald did at the end of his career. But they're going to have to make some changes. Give us a final cowboy thought. Final cowboy thought. Um, Where's he start? I said yeah. after the season, I feel like I feel like <laughs> we're trapped. Like, you're not moving off a of Dak. Has Dak hit a ceiling? Right. McCarthy's not going to call the plays. I just, you know, we're dealing with these idiots over here wearing green now. Yeah. Uh, what, what, 
I listen, man, the Cowboys are still a really – I think they're a really good football team. Dak just has to play with, like, with more consistency. And I, I think the other thing is you got to be able to take pressure off your quarterback. you got to give your quarterback mm. some breathers. you got to give your – like, they're, the, the really good coaches understand that you've got – you know, your quarterback is going to be in charge and, and have to make the majority of all the tough decisions – you know, 45 times during the course of a game, right? Can you can you take that down to about 25 times of stress and take some of that stress off your guy? A lot. And I think that's a I think that's a big factor that Mike McCarthy and now Brian Schottenheimer need to look at. Where's your salsa? You ain't out here. You're not in, in, in no, no no chili. No, no st- right now I'm. You know, I've got this new app, the Stunt, and I don't know if you guys have talked about it, but this is for sports fans, the Stunt, hmm. um, and it's. All your social media stuff, in, it's like putting Twitter, Instagram, um, it, you know, your YouTube channel. It's like putting everything all in one spot uh, for content creators. And so you know how everybody, everybody talks to you guys and everybody talks to me like, hey, you suck at calling games and you suck at radio and you yeah. suck at that. Are we, oh, yeah? Well, come get a taste because now we've got a, a app where you can be your own content creator and you can monetize the content that you create. So if you are all that, come jump on it as we're just starting off. We just launched. It's like um, it's like fans only page, but you don't have to show your YooHoo. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's half the fun. Right, right. Yeah. That, that's kind of what it's like. So check it out, the stunt. One of our favorite guests every single year, never have enough time, Mark Schlereth in the A number one air hot seat on 105.3 The Fan. Thank you. And you sitting down, got a cigar yeah, just did. dropped off from Philadelphia. Yeah, that's my guy over there. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. John Kincaid passed out the Philly cigars. Yes, he did. So, Cheers. They're, they're handing out victory cigars. They think of the Red Hour back yeah, over they're, there. Yeah, they're giving right, these away. Let's unleash Bobby Bell on the wireless. Final hour of Sean and RJ next.